This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com A Kangaroo Fern production. Well, I would say um, building relationships is just extremely important in anything, um, but definitely in entrepreneurship because um, the relationships that we build with people are, you know, where we get... Um, encouragement and support, ideas, um, you know, like that, that whole mastermind concept, I guess, in, in um, the principles of success. So, you know, that's, and I guess that's also what started us on the journey of meeting people was just knowing that, um, you know, people are what makes anything happen. Um, so, and um, what's that saying you always say? Like, um, if, if the people we know are going to open okay. a door um, you know, to something, they would have already done that. So it's in the people that we meet throughout our lives that doors get opened um, to things that may be, you know, of value to us. Um, but also in, if there's any way we can add value to people, um, then, then that's something that we want to do and which is also, you know, yeah, one of the, one of the reasons for the Entrepreneur Club. Yeah, so, so relationships I think is one of the most important things yeah um that that we found so so networking is a great thing and and it's not comfortable in the beginning and it's not easy but it's very very rewarding the bootstrap podcast show is a production of kangaroo fern media lab a grassroots entrepreneur-led movement to bring together celebrate and give a voice to australia's entrepreneurship community on the podcast we speak with the movers and shakers of australia's entrepreneurship community to give a glimpse into the future of business Bootstrap Podcast on OzPod Syndicate. Stephen and Donna went to school together in country South Australia in the late 70s and early 80s, but never spoke in a word to each other at school. After school, they each went to their own way, Stephen moving to Adelaide for university and Donna starting a career in administration. They both get married in early 20s, had four children each, and carry on with their lives. In 2012, they started conversation via Facebook Messenger and discovered that they had a similar story of failed marriage. Through conversation, they found that they had the same mindset and thinking about lots of things. They decided to meet and became good friends. Then in 2015, they got married. At the time of getting married, Stephen and Donna realized that what they were doing and their lives was not going to get them to where they wanted to go. So a change was necessary. They sought quality mentorship and were introduced to a couple who were successful in all areas of life. In fact, they were living the kind of lifestyle that Stephen and Donna knew they wanted. They drove nine hours to meet this couple. And after many conversations, they agreed to take Stephen and Donna under their wings and coach and mentor them. They started the desire to change, which had led to the 366-day journey of meeting someone new every day. 
Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to the Ospod Syndicate Bootstrap Podcast under Ospod Syndicate. How are you today? Yeah, great. Thanks, Mickey. Very well. Yep. Thank, thank you. you very much. Yeah, thank you for having us. The first question I want to know is your story is a little bit long. So it's been it's it been a while since in the early 70s and 80s. And then yeah. you part separate ways, but come back again together. So the first question is that is why did you started this 366 day journey of meeting someone every day because yep. for me yep. i cannot do that <laughs> even once a week it's hard for me but how did you do it and what is the mission why you're doing it yeah no, very good question because it all all started when donna and i got married to give you the bit of the backstory because there is a, a motivation for it so when Donna and I got got married, we I realised that climbing the corporate ladder isn't going to get me where I want to go. It was it become quite obvious, you know, what happened where we where we came from. But at fifty years of age, you look at each other and you go, well, what what can we do? What are we going to do? So we spent twelve months looking at franchises. We we looked at every franchise we could possibly think of in Adelaide. We had a franchise broker, um, and that ended up being a very I guess, scary, um, uh, disappointing process of, you know, thinking that this may have been an option, but everything happens for a reason. And during that, that process, we, we were recommended to, you know, look, if you really, we met someone that we knew and he said, look, if you really want to do something different and you really want to learn, I suggest you go speak to this guy. And we said, yeah, that'd be cool. And they said, oh, by the way, he lives in Melbourne. And that didn't really phase us too much because we'd already spent 12 months looking that, you know, driving to Melbourne to meet someone was really nothing. So we rang up this guy, drove to Melbourne, sat down with him and had a chance to talk to someone that was uh, very successful. And we asked him a number of questions. And one of the questions I asked him was, what, what, do, what do we need to do to change? I'm, I'm 50 years of age. I've been an engineer all my life. I know nothing else. You know, what do you what what's one thing that you recommend that Donna and I can do starting tomorrow that we can we can make a change to move forward? And without literally taking a breath, he just looked at me and he said, You need to read. This happened very quickly, but in my mind, this is the thoughts that I had was I thought, really read? Like surely there's got to be something I can do other than reading. Like I left when I left university in 1986. I remember I vowed and declared I'd never read again. Like I'd re- I'm done with it after all the years of school. And and then he must have seen all this going on in my head and he just smiled at me and he said, look, you don't have to like it. You just have to do it. And he said, here's some recommended books. Go away and read for 15 minutes a day. So And when we took his advice and went away and started reading for 15 minutes a day. and during that, that well, I can say now without a doubt, five and a half years later, we've learned more 
in the last five years from not just what we've read, but what we've applied, then we've learnt the whole 50 years of our life before that. And one of the things that became clear out of that learning was we have to learn how to better communicate with people. If we don't learn how to better communicate with people, then then you're not going to, we're just going to not grow any further. Like, it's just funny. You go to, I go to university to learn how to be an engineer and no one, there's no courses on, on communicating with people that I'm aware of at university. There's no communication 101. You go work for large corporations and you move up the food chain as an engineer. You know, you become managers of people, but the whole corporate structure does not teach people how to communicate with each other. So, so what do you do? <laughs> so I sat down at the computer one day and thought, oh, maybe there's an answer in there somewhere. So I typed in, how do you meet strangers? And up popped a story about a, uh, one of the links was a story about a guy in Seattle in 2016 who went around Seattle every, um, every day for 366 days, I think it was a leap year then as well, and what he did was he just said hello to people, got a photograph with them and put it on Instagram. And we looked at that and we thought, and we looked at all these people that he met and we thought, geez, that would be a cool idea to meet someone new every day. But then, <laughs> then the brain plays tricks on you because you, you, go, you have this thought that goes, man, that would be so cool to meet someone new every day. And then the other part of the brain goes, yeah, but you don't even like speaking to people. And then the other, then, the, then you go, yeah, but wouldn't it be amazing? Yeah, but where are you going to meet all these people? And, and these thoughts went on for about 12 months. And, you know, every now and again would go, that would be such a cool idea. And then, oh, yeah, but, but geez, you know, you got to have time to do that. And then eventually it got to the point where we just looked at each other and we said, look, we think we're either going to have to stop talking about this or we're just going to have to do it. So we decided, okay, let's just start. Let's just start this and take it one day at a time. So each day we've just got to figure out a way to meet someone we've never met before and just take it one day at a time. And that's what helped us get started because if we looked at the end, it would have scared us, but we knew what the end was, but we could take it a day at a time. And that's how, that's how it all started. Yeah. What have you learned from this journey? So. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, I'll start if you like. Yeah. Um, we, we've learned lots of different things. Um, probably some of the first main things we learned were things about ourselves. And um, because we were out sort of physically meeting people and um, we got lots of different reactions and and we sort of soon realised that um, that I guess from those reactions that we sometimes prejudged people um, and, um, you know, that, that became evident with things like um, because when we were meeting people, we went sort of all around where we lived and we just would say hello to people and keep saying hello to people until someone would stop and speak to us. And um, But then often, you know, we'd say hello to someone and they'd look away and keep walking or, you know, you might get a nod or a grunt or something and, and we'd be like, oh, you know, gee, what's wrong with these people, you know? Are they just grumpy or are they rude? Or And, and then we sort of started to realise that we were just making judgments on people and, and we sort of had a talk about it and said, you know what, we don't actually know what any of these people are going through, you know? We don't know what's happening in their lives and, 
Yeah, they could be having a bad day. Maybe they had a fight with their boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, maybe someone in their family sick or worse. And, you know, and we really just don't know what's happening in their lives. And so we started to realise, um, let, let's not worry about, um, you know, the reactions we get from people, um, but let's just sort of, you know, have some grace and say, um, you know, we hope that everything's okay with that person because that that was also um, about tolerance on our part too because, um, um, you know, tolerance was another big thing that we had to learn from that because and actually that, that sort of came more through talking to people, didn't it? Um, because um, sometimes when we'd speak to people, um, you know, we, we start having a conversation and um, some of the things that they'd say to us were might have been different than, than the things that we thought or believed. And, and we, we found that when that happened, that was kind of a kind of an invisible barrier would come up then in our conversation and the conversation would sometimes get awkward. And um, so so we sort of, when we realised things like that were happening, we had to have another discussion and say, do you know what, you know, we we can't sort of, you know, that we're judging people on their beliefs and thoughts and, and reactions and, and we need to learn to be tolerant about what other people think and believe in that because we would like other people to be tolerant of our beliefs and 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 things like that as well. So um, that that was some pretty key learnings um, that we got in the early days. Um, yeah, because a lot of the times, you know, when we talk to people, um, the other thing was when people didn't answer or, or grunted or something. You know, we'd say, "Oh, what's wrong with us?" Um, and you know, then it's like, "Well, that that's just being selfish because why does it have to be about us?" Mm-hmm. You know. So um, lots of things around initially meeting people. Um, that we learned and that that was some of them yep. i guess yeah and what what happened was we started out as donna said physically meeting people because we really wanted to learn how do you meet like you can go into the the center of adelaide in the mall and there's people everywhere how do you engage with people how do you do that that's what we wanted to learn so a hundred days into our journey of meeting people then covid um, came along and, and in adelaide we went into lockdown so our thinking was, wasn't one of, okay, that, that ends it now. Our thinking was one of how do we keep this going? So we, we just, we just fell onto LinkedIn of all things and just started connecting with people and just asking would they like to catch up? And, and, and so the journey continued. So at the end of the 366 days, we did meet someone new every day that we'd never met before, got a photograph with them or a screenshot, put it on Instagram or LinkedIn if that's that's where we connected with them but in total we ended up having 786 conversations mm-hmm. and we've continued the journey on and we've got four more people to meet and then then in total we would have met a thousand people which turns out to be about 30,000 minutes of conversations so you know we've definitely learned we've learned a lot we're not the same people as we were a year and a half ago that's for sure so that's a lot of people to meet so around 1000 people that's a yep. lot. So on your journey, I'm I'm assuming you are most of your people you're talking is is entrepreneurs and a startup as well. When you meeting them, well, what we did was we we the thing that we wanted to learn because this applies this applies to whatever you do in life, in particular business. Stephen Covey's book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Habit Five. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Right, that really applies today in business, right? Because you know it's all about 
communication with people first, building trust, getting to know someone. You know, gone are the days where you could just go and directly sell to people. Now it comes back to building a, building a relationship first. How do you do that? Well, you do that by seeking to understand first before being understood. And that's not something you just do. It's a habit you need to develop. And the author, Stephen Covey, said of all these seven habits of highly effective people, that was the hardest one for him to learn. And even after a thousand conversations, we cannot say we automatically uh, have that habit yet. It's still because ingrained in us to want to talk about ourselves and get our point of view across. So we wanted to talk to anybody because we could learn from anyone. Um, So we had all sorts of crazy conversations with people around the world. Every And people have asked us before, who's the most interesting person you spoke to? And the answer to that is, well, everyone's interesting. Everyone has a story that you and I can learn from, right? Because that's that what makes the conversations very interesting is because there is something you can learn from someone if you ask them enough questions. But the people that we got the most from, which is the type of people that we have share at events that we run, are people that have overcome some significant challenges in their life. And because they're just, we find them very interesting and and a lot we can learn from them. Um, People that, like as an example, um, you know, on our journey of meeting people, we um, met a guy called Derek McManus. He's an Adelaide guy. I don't know if you've heard of Derek, Miko. Yeah, yeah. I think on one of the um, one of the event, I think. Yeah. Okay, yep. So um, Derek, I think he had his 27th year anniversary. So 27 odd years ago, he was a Star Force policeman, got called out to a, um, a disturbance at a house, I think in the Brossa Valley, goes up to the front door and in, 14, in nine seconds got shot 14 times at point blank range by a high-powered rifle. And then he collapses on the ground and knows that he'll be saved by his fellow uh, officers when it's safe, which turned out to be three hours later. Right? How, and just to hear someone overcome that and move on in life. Or Stacey Copas, another Australian, lives in Sydney. Amazing story. She's a keynote speaker. As a 12-year-old, she was diving in a backyard pool, seeing how she could make the splashes higher. One Dive one more time. And then she opens her eyes up, finding herself stuck on the bottom of the pool, not realising how she got there. At the age of 12, she became a quadriplegic. And just hearing her story of how dark she got after that, but now how she then got herself out of that and is now a, a recognised speaker in Australia and looks back and says she wouldn't change anything right, because of the person that she's become. Um, you know, or the young guy that we spoke in the UK, young guy in his in his twenties in the in the UK Army, goes to those places where they go send army people, steps on a mine, has both his legs blown off, and he has to have them amputated above the knees. Um, you know, we spoke to him eight years after that happened, and you know, the fact that he's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro without legs. You know, that's a tough mountain to climb with leg with legs, let alone without legs. Um, and then the most, you know, one of the other interesting guys was a guy called um, uh, Jose Flores, lives in Florida in the US. He was born 
and he wasn't expected to live till he's 20. And here we are speaking to him in his 40s. He had, I think it was um, spinal muscular, muscular yeah. atrophy. So just one, one cell or one gene in his body was different and his muscles were atrophying. So when he left high school, he was confined to a wheelchair and couldn't lift his arms above his head. And then he gets to a point in his life where he goes, what can I do to make an impact? I've only got two things. I can speak and I have a mind. What can I do? And he says, well, I can become a speaker because you know, why not? Everyone's. And so, and that's what he does today. He has an incredible attitude, an amazing brand he's created. Um, this, the leading speakers in the US call him the motivator to the motivators, right? Because here they are speaking. This guy's doing the same thing and he's confined to a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Like it's quite incredible. Mm. Um, just, an, just incredible. So the biggest learning we got from all this was when you start speaking to people like that, you realize that each and every one of us have like the seeds of, of greatness within inside of us. Like, but they only tend to come out when you when you go through some sort of significant challenge. So the biggest learning we got was we need to keep outside our comfort zone, right? If we don't keep outside our comfort zone, we're not growing, right? Because there is no there is no staying still. You're either you're either growing or you're dying. So so that's the biggest learning we got. And be, and the, the how that got all put together was we listened to a an old audio by a guy called Earl Nightingale. Have you heard of Earl Nightingale at all, Miko? Uh, I think not. No, no. So haven't heard. Her. Earl Nightingale was the first guy to record a positive message on an LP back in the 1950s, and when he recorded it, it became the the highest selling LP outside of music LPs at the time, and. And you can find it on YouTube. It's called The Strangest Secret. And in there, he spoke about The Strangest Secret. But one of the things he mentioned was, and this is what I related to, he said, it doesn't take a lot of brains to make a living. And I thought, that's so true. Like, I can learn a skill to be an engineer. I can go be an engineer. But it doesn't take a lot of courage to be an engineer. All right? So every day, I might go do a great great thing on my job but it doesn't take a lot of courage right so the seeds of greatness are never going to come out so that's why we had to learn to challenge ourselves yeah okay hope that made sense thank you for that so as a as an interviewer like you what would you advise to people who want to starting their own business and what what do you think is the quality mm -hmm. of of a good entrepreneurs based on your experience and based on your journey? Well, a couple of things I'll mention, but the first one is I've got a quote here in front of me from Whitney Wolf Heard. And she she just recently, she started, I think it was with Tinder, but then she was the CEO of Bumble. And then when Bumble, when Bumble was, was an IPR, I think she became like the, one of the recent billionaires and she, her quote sort of sums it all up. Have a dream, chase it down, jump over every single hurdle and run through fire and ice to get there. Anyway, so how, I just thought that was, because it does come back to that. It's, it really is to have a dream. When, 
the two things that the guy that the guy that we met that got us to read that changed our life. The other thing that he did that helped us was he he realized for us we were, I guess, wandering, wandering, so a wandering generality, so to speak. And he said, if you don't get any clarity around what you want to do and be in your life, right, then you, you're always going to struggle. I, I honestly thought once we got to know him, he was going to teach me some how-tos, like how do you how do you be an entrepreneur, how do you start something. But the second thing that he really got us to focus on was you have to get some clarity around what you want to achieve in your life. And he gave us an exercise to go away to help us get that clarity. And I, and I, I again, did everything that he said, but it doesn't mean that I understood it. I went away and thought, this is silly. Why do you have to do this for? I know what I want. Um, but it was an exercise that took a few hours with, without any interruption just to help us think about what do we want to do and achieve in our life. And the example he gave to me to help me understand why that's important, he said, just imagine if your goal in life is, as an example, a trip to Hawaii, right? Say that's what represents your goal or the thing you really want in life. And the vehicle that you choose to get there is a Mercedes-Benz. Right. No matter how, like Mercedes Benz is a good car, right? It's one of the safest cars. You know, don't know what they do now, but it used to, there used to be a compartment. The engine used to go under a car. It's one of the safest cars, very comfortable cars. But no matter how good the Mercedes Benz is, it's never going to get you to Hawaii. And that's how most people go through life is they, they look at the how to first, but never ask themselves the question, if I continually do this, is this going to ever get me where I want to go? Right? So he he helped us focus on figure out where you want to go and then find a way that will help you get there. Where most people dive into the how-to and never, never go, okay, where am I going? So it's like jumping in a car and saying, take me somewhere. Right? You're never going to get there if you don't know where you want to go. And the second thing he helped us understand was, you, you got to have that, you know, run through fire and ice, do whatever it takes. And the example he used there was, I don't know this for sure, but I would imagine, um, you know, and there was a movie made about a guy that was in this type of business, but I would imagine one of the significant businesses that generates some good cash flow would be portaloos. You know, well, maybe not during COVID, but before COVID, every time you're at an event, there'd be portaloos everywhere and everyone uses them. And now I can't remember, I think it was called Kenny. There was a movie made about a guy in the portaloo business. Now, and that, and I, I could imagine, and even waste, waste is a business that makes a lot of money. Do you think people, when they were young, were growing up thinking, I can't, I'm, I can't wait to be in the poo business or I can't wait to be in the waste business? What they would have done is they would have figured out the lifestyle they wanted and they just found a business that helped them get it. And again, what most people do is, is they look at an opportunity from the point of view of do I like it or will I feel comfortable doing it? And they're they're completely the wrong questions. Right? Because you'll miss so many opportunities if you look at opportunity from the point of view of where you sit now with your skill set and go, will I be comfortable doing that? You know, do I like it? They're the wrong questions. The only question you need to ask is, will this get me where I want to go? And if the answer is yes, then learn the skills that you need to learn to make that particular idea work, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing that we've learned. Next question I have for you before we wrapping up 
the, yep. the podcast is, do we really need a mentor if you're starting up as entrepreneurs? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the way I'll describe this is then, would you like to cross a minefield first or would you like to cross the minefield second? Right. So if you're if you're got to cross a minefield and somebody's already gone before you and hasn't had an explosion, then all you need to do is to walk in their footsteps and you'll get across safely. Without a mentor, it's like walking across a minefield without any footsteps. At any time, you could end up it could end up in a wreck. So what a mentor does is someone who's already trodden the path, and that's the key bit with mentorship is to find someone who's already done what you want to do, not someone who's going to hasn't done it but will coach you, someone that's already done it because they've already walked through the minefield and can tell you where to tread. And our experience with mentorship is, is it's really given but, but heavenly, heavily earned, right? So if you're paying someone to coach you, I suspect that they haven't, they haven't gone through the minefield, right? And what I mean by that was because when, when, when Craig started taking us under our wing, when I got to know him a few years later, I asked him, like, why, why, why did you, why did you want to help us? And he said, well, you know, it's, it's really easy. I just, well, to start with, you drove all the way to Melbourne to have a coffee with me. That's a good sign <laughs> that someone wants to do something. But he says he just looks for three things in mentorship. Is someone hungry? Is there something they want? Are they, um, are they prepared to change, right? Because if you're not prepared to change, you're not going to move forward and change is hard. And, and are they coachable? In other words, if I give them suggestions, do they go and do it? Because if they don't, then what's the point of giving up my time? And he said, the interesting thing is there's not many people that fit into those three categories. So it's not like there's an abundance of people all, all reaching out to someone. So. So we learned through that that mentorship tends to be freely given, but you have to earn it. Like it's, it's, it's you have to earn it. What is uh, so? You're one of the founder of Adelaide Entrepreneur Club. Can you elaborate us what what is this all yeah. about? So we learned through from our journey that the way that we think is the most important thing. If we didn't change that at the age of 50, if we didn't change the way that we thought, then applying that to any framework of business would just never have worked. So we wanted to share that and we didn't know how to do that. We'd been to, in our, in our process of learning how to better communicate with people, we went to how many events? Lots, lots of events. And we thought, okay, well, let's, let's run an event. So we registered the name Adelaide Entrepreneur Club. Let's run an event, bring in someone to share about their experience and see who turns up that wants to listen. And we we're quite surprised that people turned up and, and wanted to listen. So then we thought we'll run another event. And we just invite people that we've met on our journey to come and share. Like at our last event, we had um, Eric Karaoke fascinating story he lived in Kenya um, come to Australia started studied worked um, then ended up starting his own company very unique with what he does um, and replaced his income because one of the things he really wanted to do like the thing that that what he really wanted to do in his life was to foster children and to help children so his story is quite incredible and he realized he couldn't do that if he kept working for someone so that was just a great story of 
for people to hear. And then we also had Naya, Naya, my last name's escaped me, but uh, she's the one of the directors of the Founders Institute in Adelaide. So again, a quite a, a very inspiring young lady who grew up in Bangladesh, um, you know, what she did there with entrepreneurship and then coming to Adelaide. So it's just about having people share their stories of you know, because stories about what people have done are very motivating because you can look and hear them and go, geez, if they can do that, then, then I reckon I can, I can move ahead. Do you have any final advice, anything else you want to share with our entrepreneurs? Well, I would say um, building relationships is just extremely important in anything, um, but definitely in entrepreneurship because um, the relationships that we build with people are, you know, where we get um, encouragement and support, ideas, um, you know, like that that whole mastermind concept, I guess, in in um, the principles of success. So, you know, that's and I guess that's also what started us on the journey of meeting people was just knowing that, um, you know, people are what makes anything happen. Um, so, and um, what, what's that saying you always say? Like, if if the people we know are going to open okay. a door. Um, you know, to something, they would have already done that. So it's in the people that we meet throughout our lives that doors get opened um, to things that may be, you know, of value to us. Um, but also in, if there's any way we can add value to people, um, then, then that's something that we want to do and which is also, you know, yeah, one of the, one of the reasons for the Entrepreneur Club. Yeah, so, so relationships I think is one of the most important things yeah. Um, that that we found so so networking is a great thing and and it's not comfortable in the beginning and it's not easy but it's very very rewarding yeah yeah and I'd, I'd finish off on, on what Donna said as well and just to say you know the last thought I'd have is have conversations without an agenda yes yeah. just have conversations with people yeah. learn the skills to have a conversation mm-hmm. Because we found that was very hard. If you have an agenda, it tends to be easy to have a conversation because you're driving an agenda. But that doesn't develop a relationship. Mm. So part of the journey was all about taking everything off the table and just having conversations without an agenda. Thank you so much for that. How can our listener and uh, watching this right now to connect with you online? So the best ways to do that would be via LinkedIn. And that's Stephen Fry, and you'll see my profile of Donna and I have got a photo together, and also on Instagram, and, and the Instagram handle or ID is the Stephen Fry, and that's Stephen with a PH. And again, it's a photo of me and Donna. Um, and also, if you typed in Adelaide Entrepreneur Club, you'd be able to find us on the, uh, the Facebook page we have for the Adelaide Entrepreneur Club. All right, thank you so much, Stephen and Donna, for taking your time to be a guest on our Ospod Syndicate podcast. And thank you. And thank you. you thank you so much. So see you next week for another episode of Ospod Syndicate. So see you next week. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching. Make sure to visit our website at australiapodcastsyndicate.com. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or Facebook. If you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. 
You can also join the conversation with Ospod Syndicate on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I also love reading reviews. I love to chat with you over on Instagram. Follow me at The Sidestrip and join us today on Facebook. Search Rebounds Australia, where can entrepreneurs figure out how to turn their dreams into reality. Be a member supporter and get a bonus content at australiapodcastsyndicate.com slash support us. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Or maybe you already have one but need a podcast manager to help you level up. Book now at kangaroofirm.com. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com.